I'm Kate Wheeler, and I am here with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said, brought to you by Roar Publishing, from concept to content. We hope you are enjoying your day. Thank you very much for tuning in. We have a bunch of great guests joining us today, Christine. We're going to start with Sharon Lewis. She's the writer, director, and producer of Brown Girl Begins, an Afro-futurist feature film about a young black woman who is trapped in a world forced upon her. Now, since the beginning of her career, Sharon's been focused on putting women of color, particularly Caribbean women, at the forefront of her storytelling. And she'll be here today to tell us about the inspiration behind the film. And apparently, the new talk isn't about sex these days. It's about aging. Laurie Germain, who is the co-founder and president of Discerning Seniors, is going to help us navigate having the talk with our aging parents and some of the watchouts we should be looking for instead of waiting mm. for the inevitable crisis to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, musicologist Eric Alper will be here for On the Record. This week, he is telling us about musicians with secret talents that they could fall back on if everything goes south. I wonder if Eric has any secret talents, because based on previous experience, we know singing isn't one of them. <laughs> isn't one of mine either. We or can mine, ask him, or though. Or mine. Or mine. <laughs> Candace Derricks is also going to join us, and she's going to talk about uh, Canadians who bought polyurethane from products between January 1st, 1999 and January 10th, 2012, uh, are now eligible for a $20 as part of a class action lawsuit. And she'll be sharing how to get that money in your pocket with foam for cash. Anxiety coach Tasha McLaren will also be here to talk about her new book called Lies My Mind Tells Me, The Secret to Finding Happiness with Anxiety. And before she became an international anxiety coach, she says she lived in constant fear. We'll find out why a little later on the show. Some of the city's most talented singers are showcasing and workshopping yet-to-be-released material in a cozy, intimate setting, and it's all for good cause. The event is called In the Can, and it benefits the Children's Aid Foundation of Canada. Event organizer and jazz singer-songwriter Melissa Lorne is going to tell us about some of the special guests who will be showing up, and she's even going to perform for us in our live studio sessions. Mm. That's a treat. Now, don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk, and make sure you join us on Facebook Live every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. for great giveaways, as well as finding out who's going to be on the show. And of course, you can also uh, sign up for our free Apple podcast if you want to listen again. (laughs) Yeah. So stick around. What She Said will be right back after this short break on 105.9 The Region. you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. Joining us 
us now is Sharon Lewis, the writer, director, and producer of Brown Girl Begins. This is an Afro-futuristic film, feature film, about a young black woman who is trapped in a world forced upon her. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you so much. That's a mouthful, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Afro-futurist. Right? New term. I haven't used... Does that mean it's science fiction or... Yeah, it's science fiction and it is sort of a new term. It's sort of trying to say that there are black people in the future. Well, right. good. Right? <laughs> Which is really happy for me. I'm yeah. really happy about that. And I think that it's because, you know, we hear about Black History Month all the time. So we sort of hear about black people and their past right. and oppression and all of that. This is kind of a positive like, hey, we actually exist in the future as well. So that's where that Afrofuturist comes from. But it doesn't sound great because it's set in a future Toronto where the poor are set apart from the rest of the population, confined to an island called the Burn. So tell, <laughs> right. tell us that where it goes. Horrible. It does. <laughs> so it starts out horrible. It kind of is this idea that if the world keeps going in the way that it's going, like the wall, segregation, mm. those kind of things. We won't mention who might be mm-hmm. you know, promoting that. But if it keeps going in that direction, this sort of says, this is what the world would look like. The wealthy will flee, and they'll go to the burbs, and they're going to abandon downtown Toronto. So there'll be no electricity, uh, no water, no politicians, no governance, and they'll be left to fend for themselves. But... The positive part is this young woman rises up from the ashes and she uses her superpowers, which basically is calling on the ancestors and bringing her community together to create a better world. So to get rid of the drugs, to figure out how to use farming, to bring in um, agriculture, how to get running water, how to exist on their own without having to um, depend on the wealthy, basically. How can they as a community rise up? Well, just to regress for a minute, I mean, you're a pro. You're a veteran in the business. You've worked with big names like Drake, Maroon 5, in diverse capacities. You've, you know, been involved in all kinds of TV and film. What, this film is inspired by Nalo Hopkinson's novel, Brown Girl in the Ring. What was it about that 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 spoke to you? Because I'm sure that you did it for an emotional reason. You had a reaction to that book. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I used to host a show on CBC called Counterspin. Mm. And at the time that I started, literally two weeks into it, we were talking about health matters and, you know, governance, and then 9-11 happened. And all of a sudden, the entire conversation changed. That's all we talked about, right, was 9-11 and terrorism. And I thought that that our world could change like that, you know, in a split moment. And I read Nalo's book and it came back to me and I thought, I want this conversation because I'm a filmmaker and because I'm an artist, I want it up on the screen. I want thousands of people if possible to be engaged in this story, to be talking about it because news is one thing and it's fantastic, but not everybody gets engaged in that conversation. And I know art is another way to get people aware of what's happening politically and socially. So it spoke to me on that level, on a sort of political level, and then it spoke to me emotionally. Because here's this young black woman who's Caribbean, who sounds like and looks like my family, you know, that I grew up in, and it's in Toronto. So it's not just North America. But you, you've been working on this for 15 years. Like, what, why, what were the hurdles? What, what, why were there hurdles? Yeah. Well, clearly I started when I was two years old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's exactly. obvious, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the whole 
challenge in getting this story told was we have to think of a landscape before hashtag Me Too. We have to think of a landscape before Obama was president. There was no belief or faith that a story like this could, could resonate. Be, exactly. That people would want to see it. You know, that anybody would want to see a young black woman um, be a superhero. And it's not because they they don't like the young black woman or whatever. It's just this idea that women's stories and then women of color stories aren't interesting enough. So does something like the dystopian uh, work of Margaret Atwood with The Handmaid's Tale, does that help? Yes. And look at look that look how long it took Margaret Atwood. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, an amazing author, a famous author. Look how long it took for her stories to be told mm-hmm. on the screen. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's a sign that times are changing, that women's stories aren't just, quote unquote, women's stories, that they have a commercial appeal. And I'm hoping the same is true for Brown Girl Begins. Okay, now it has a primarily black cast. Yes. It does. Okay, yeah. so, and this is at a time, again, when people of color are trying to convince Hollywood that representation is so important. So... How are you hoping that this will move that aspect forward? Well, I think the fact that we're even having this conversation and that the film even exists already says a landscape has changed. So we're having this conversation and Black Panther's coming out mm-hmm. and Ava DuVernay's film Wrinkle in Time, which are two black sci-fi films. Mm-hmm. Two. I can't wait for Wrinkle in Time. I know. <laughs> like two black sci-fi films. Never in my lifetime would have I thought that this was possible. And so I think the idea that Brown Girl Begins joins that as a Canadian film is uh, is my hope is that people will say we don't have to just look to America for our stories. We don't have to just look to black America for our stories, that black Canadians have stories to tell and they're interesting stories to tell and they can appeal to the mainstream. Well, look at some of the new shows on TV, too. I mean, um, Greenleaf, Queen Sugar. Uh, brownish scandal exactly right I mean that, that two years ago three years ago yeah. five years ago in the in the previous landscape weren't around so things oh. are changing yeah I yeah. think they are when I mean are you noticing the speed of the shift yeah I when I went to Los Angeles and I found Nalo Hopkinson's book on the shelf like I literally went to LA I was struggling as an actor there were no black dramas like none. Like we just listed probably about five or six comedies and, and black dramas. There were none. So the idea that we would tell black stories was, it was a dystopia. It was a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, fast forward, battling lots of, you know, challenges, like couldn't get funding, people didn't But that's with story. everybody. Everybody talks about not being able to get funding. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, you've sold films and they've been broadcast on BET, yeah. HBO, yes. CBC. So, you know, 15 years to get something done. Yes. Must have, you must have been saying to yourself, why? What is the specific yes. reason? Yeah, especially because they'd won awards, like the mm-hmm. sci-fi films that I'd done had won awards. I've been on CBC. I'm a, you know, I've been a broadcaster. Like I was like, what's going on? So I agree, it's really difficult for anybody to get funding, and it's really difficult for a filmmaker to tell any story. But the feedback that we would get all the time was not that um, this story is is too expensive. It's that no one will want to hear it. And I think that's the difference for uh, a woman filmmaker and a woman filmmaker of color is that 
we're being told our story isn't interesting as opposed to go out and get more credits, go get more experience, um, you know, do a couple more films. That was the hard part. But, you know, it's so interesting because what do they know? I just heard something today about Brian Wilson got an F in music for a for a song that, that sold a gazillion copies. The principal called him back. There was just a ceremony where they officially changed the grade because they said they were wrong. <laughs> so who knows? You know what I mean? Yes. Who really knows yes. what people like until you make it and let them decide? Agree. Now, Agreed. Brown Girl Begins will be touring across Canada in February. That's yeah. Black Future Month. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, includes a gala at the AGO on February 24th. And it's going to be playing at Cineplex Young and Dundas from March 2nd to 8th. Yes, that's right. So where can people go to learn more? I would go to browngirlbegins.com. Browngirlbegins.com. For all the info. Yeah. So what's next for you? Well... I am developing a TV series based on this whole idea of the burn, this this idea that there are places in every um, country where there is some segregation or where there are marginalized people and that if they come together, they can inspire each other to rise up so that we don't have to ask permission. Kind of what you said, which is, what do they know? Like, we don't have to go to somebody and say, please, please make my film. Please, please. No, they won't like it. How do you know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> We're going to have to find a way to do it. So that's that's what's up next That's what's up. Well, yeah. that sounds excellent. Yeah, best of luck thank with the so new much. project thank and you. with the film. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Thank you for having me on what she said. Yeah, this is what she said <laughs> on right. 105.9 The Region, and we will be right back. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high-fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Saturday night at the movies. Saturday night at the movies? Don't know what picture to see? And Brody's got you covered. Did you like the film? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, that <laughs> no. does it. I love your honesty. <laughs> Films about paranoia, I think they do us a lot of good. Because it's not happening to us. <laughs> I took your mom, Romy. Who loves a good film? We laughed our socks off. I was so bored watching it. <laughs> a film critic who shoots straight from the hip. Saturdays on What She Said Talk. Winter isn't done with us yet, and driving will continue to be challenging. Drive into Mazda of Richmond Hill and get in on the January iActive all-weather drive event. Get a credit towards new winter tires or upgrade your ride with a credit towards accessories on all models of Mazda. Come into 10414 Young Street in Richmond Hill and take predictive control in this uncertain weather. The iActive all-weather drive event is now on at Mazda in Richmond Hill. Go online to MazdaofRichmondHill.com or drop by at 10414 Young Street in Richmond Hill. York Region. York Region. Radio from your point of view. 1059 The Region. Our next guest says the new talk isn't about sex, it's about aging. Joining us now is the co-founder and president of Discerning Seniors, Laurie Germain, who's going to help us navigate having the talk with our aging parents. Welcome, Laurie. Thank you. 
Now, you have lived the daily grind as a woman in the sandwich generation, looking after both your kids and your aging parents. Why did you decide to start Discerning Seniors? Well, I started it uh, just for that reason, because um, I fell into the situation. I had been taking care of my children. I had the luxury of not having, of being able to retire from my previous um, career to focus on my children. And at the same time, my parents and in-laws were getting older. So I was, I was that. Um, I was that person. We had uh, just been away on a trip, and my mother-in-law fell. She was 80 years old, and she spent 12 hours on the floor. And uh, I helped her reorganize her life after this brutal fall and found myself um, being sort of um, led in the direction of long-term care with her social worker. And I really thought to myself, she's not there yet. Is there? What are the other options? And the social worker's words were, well, if you want to look at some private options, you're on your own. And I had uh, the time, because my youngest had just started school, uh, to do research and start compiling all the information for all the services that were available out there. And I had thought to myself, how are people who are working full time and, and have, kids. have kids doing this? I would have loved to have had like a phone number I could call. So when I couldn't find it, I thought, well, why don't we start this. So what exactly does Discerning Seniors do? Well, uh, we're just that. We're a one-stop shop where we can tell people how to find the best services, how, what services people need based on talking to you know, the families or the clients. And, and we can help match up private services with, with clients to help improve their life, to help um, manage the worry, mm -hmm. to help manage safety, all of those things, and to help them enjoy their senior years a little bit more. It's interesting because my my family, um, there's someone that doesn't actually sort of fit into any of the criteria, like, you know, can manage to do some things quite well, doesn't mm -hmm. really need somebody there hourly, right. just sitting there watching them, No, right, um, can get a sandwich that's been pre-made out of the fridge, mm -hmm. but... Um, needs to have dinner made and put on the table, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So there's, there's, and it's not ready for full-term care, it's not really right. ready for assisted living, wants to stay in the home, but there's, there just seems to be a gap. So if you've done all that research and what you could do, there are, maybe you can help. There are, yes. Well, there are definitely, there are services that can, that will deliver meals that are pre-made or that are very easy to fix. It's, it's really about um, almost a rent-a-daughter, if you will, because if, you know, if you see your mom and you know that she needs certain things, and uh, you can, you generally go in and fill in the gaps, right? But right. if you don't, if, you, if you're not there all the time or there's a guilt thing about outsourcing and all of that. But there isn't a problem we can't solve because there, especially in the GTHA, there are so many great services. It's just about harnessing them all. Don't know. They don't no. know about them. So what would they do? Make an appointment with you mm -hmm. and, and would you honestly tell them, given your circumstance, because everybody's situation is different Absolutely. and every senior is different, yep. this is what I would recommend. Yep. And in... A year, you'll probably have to do this. So maybe mm -hmm. you want to do it sooner, maybe later. You yeah, and and then give them a price range. Are there price ranges? Okay, so this services? this is really how we work. We uh, we don't 
uh, markup or anything. All the all the services that we refer to charge the clients directly. Mm-hmm. What we do is we'll charge for our time. Uh, we'll do an initial consultation, but uh, you know, for free, obviously. But then we'll tell them, well, to put together a plan for you, and a plan will consist of. A, B, C, D. Yeah, yeah, what the services they might need, the contact and the quotes of what it would cost if I was putting together a, like a snow removal service for somebody, which I'm doing right now, I would give them three quotes and tell them who, just like you would do yeah. for, you know, it's, it's for not. For a family member. Yeah, for a family member, but you might not have the time and it would take you longer to do that research. We have yeah. it on hand. Okay, so let, let's now talk about the talk. The talk. The talk. Because, you know, most people wait for crisis to happen before even considering their Mm -hmm. long-term future plans or their health plans. So do you have any conversation starters you can share with us? Sure. Well, first of all, we really want to try to change the conversation to something that's proactive versus reactive. So Mm -hmm. if uh, if you wait for the crisis, we can help. Absolutely. But for some reason, people uh, make plans all throughout their life except for this part of their life. So, uh, you know, when you, when you decide to have a child, you make all kinds of plans. You might, have to, you might have to move. You might have to baby-proof your house. You might have to, uh, you know, whatever, get and, caregiver. And you buy a registered education. And you buy plan. an RESP <laughs> immediately. Yeah. You don't do that for your 10, 15 years at the end of your life, right? So we want to start building that awareness. And in order for us to do that, people have to become aware of what to look for when you're, you know, when you're, your parents or, or you start aging. Your body's not designed to live 150 years. There are going to be pieces that are going to start breaking down. That's just the way it is. But a lot of it is built around fear and being nervous. Um, do you find, um, ask the question, are you getting enough social interaction? It would be great to have three social engagements a week, conversations, visits, whatever. Um, would you have, would you want to have, uh, have you, what have you eaten? What's in your cupboard? What literally look? Are you eating properly? So many women don't, uh, and then they fall. Uh, do you want, uh, you know, are you, are you nervous in the bathtub? Are you nervous getting out of the shower? Uh, how's you your driving? Do you slip? What about stairs? All of these things. I mean, you can observe, are, are you, do you find somebody is repetitive, telling the same story a number of times? These little things, you oh, know. I know I, people like that, but they don't have to mention. No, where are my keys? <laughs> no, that doesn't count. But if, uh, but generally, if you have to listen to your instinct. If your spidey sense is saying that something is not quite right, then something is not quite right. And then you have to start acting because waiting is just... But some some people are so independent and they don't they don't want to be a burden to their younger families and they don't want to have that conversation. I know. And that's tough. And that is because I think as a society we're ashamed of being older. Mm-hmm. And we, we you know, we, we look down on it when in fact it's an accomplishment and people have the right to live better. You know, there's nothing wrong with asking for a little help and that burden is gonna be a lot worse if someone has a stroke and falls and stays on their floor for hours. Like the, you know, it, it's the, the result of that is going to be a lot worse than talking about it up front. I think we, we've sort of been raised to think that 
independence makes us, if we are independent mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we're doing things for ourselves, then we stay alert longer. But perhaps that isn't the case. And it's difficult to know when is the time. I think it'll be difficult for me to yeah. know, and it's difficult. Oh, we'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but will, would my kids tell me? And there isn't yeah, always somebody. Who, there isn't always a friend who will have that conversation well, with you. Sometimes the the easiest thing to do is to call a service like ours because we are like a rented daughter with no emotional baggage, right? So that we're 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 very objective. Like we can go in and say, you know, you're, you're fine, but I would start thinking about this in the next couple of years. You know, having that conversation, mm -hmm. looking around, watching people. And that's what often happens is that children hire us. Do they, accompany, do they accompany you to the parents? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, Sometimes no. That depends on their relationships. <laughs> but most kids want to take care of their parents, but they don't want to embarrass them, right? And, and, and the parents are saying, I'll pay you double, just don't tell them. Yeah, yeah, don't think. tell them. <laughs> Oh, we don't want them to this fall. Sounds, this sounds like, like a, you know, manna from heaven for a lot of people because uh, it's not easy to, mm. to navigate any of that. Never mind no. waiting lists and people don't know where to go mm -hmm. and they don't know what's reputable and where we to hear start. stories of abuse. and Yeah. Yes. Where can people find out more? How do they connect with you? Well, they can look on our website. That's a good start. Uh, DiscerningSeniorsInc.com. And uh, they can call us on our toll-free line. Yeah. Can I give that? You yes. can. Okay, so it's 844-415-4886. Say that again one more time. 844-415-4886. Uh, and the first consultation is free. It is. Sounds wonderful. Lori, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. This is what she said on 105.9 The Region. We'll be right back. If being healthier was one of your New Year's resolutions, quitting smoking is one of the most important things you can do to improve your health. York Region Public Health offers smoking cessation workshops. Visit york.ca slash tobacco for more information. This message is brought to you by York Region Public Health and 105.9 The Region in recognition of National Non-Smoking Week. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the Stand Up Drop-In Series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. Fear of missing out? FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena. Who knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. Yeah. It is phenomenal. OMG. OMG. Join What She Said Weekends and find out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving. The Spark of Markham, CFMS 105.9, The Region. Well, welcome back to What She Said. Joining us now for On the Record is musicologist Eric Alper, brought to you by War Records. And today we're talking musicians with secret talents. Okay, so that was Van Halen. So who are we talking about? We're talking about David Lee Roth. And you have, if you're in New York City and late at night and you stumble upon a rock and you trip and fall and need emergency medical assistance, or if you have a heart attack somewhere in the streets of New York City, 
The person that might save your life might be David Lee Roth of Van Halen. It turned out that he actually is a certified emergency medical technician. In fact, he's gone on over 200 individual rides in the ambulance to save people's <laughs> lives. And not I'm not just talking about his music, but he actually knows how to work that thing that you rub together and make your heart keep going again. That's David Lee Roth. So he's got one of those secret talents that you would never think of watching Van Halen that he can, can actually do stuff. Can like you that. be imagine being on the gurney and looking up and going, <laughs> oh. and you would think I've died and I've gone to hell. <laughs> <laughs> If you're not in the streets of New York City, but you happen to land yourself in a golfing course on a lovely Saturday or Sunday afternoon and see a lot of snakes, it's not the swamp. It actually might be Alice Cooper and his foursome behind you on the course. It turned out that not only did golfing save his life, because Alice Cooper has had a lot of problems in the 70s and 80s mm. with drugs and alcohol, but his doctor said, why don't you try golfing? And he looked at him and said, okay. And it got him outside, it got him walking, it got him healthy, and in fact, he almost on a daily basis plays at least a round of golf. In fact, there are many days where he pl he plays even 36 holes, two rounds of golf a day, and he's actually quite good. He's got a 5.31 handicap which sounds good when I told my dad that he was like oh that was much better than I would and if you don't believe me that Alice Cooper's life was saved by golf check out his book called Golf Monster a rock and roller's 12 steps to becoming a golf addict it's interesting though because I mean he calls himself a golf addict but it just goes to show that people with addictive personalities <laughs> that's have, it right you, you change just switch you, them up but, right, but right, golf you, is healthy so. you uh, trade that, that ball of, of, of alcohol for, uh, for a bunch of clubs Okay, now this one, I know. This one you know. It's Brian Adams. Yeah, absolutely. He is a great photographer that he started um, this hobby back in the early 2000s, and he quickly found a second calling. In fact, he's worked for um, a lot of high-profile publications like Vogue, uh, uh, Vogue and uh, Harper's Bazaar and GQ. Um, also, he took a picture uh, a number of years ago of Queen Elizabeth II that ended up on the Canadian stamp uh, in 2004 and 2005. And now he does exhibitions around the world. I did know that about the yeah. Queen. Yeah, so you can actually lick part of Brian Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Next segment, please. What, what a concept. <laughs> Yeah, so how do you go from being a guitar player in the Doobie Brothers to a missile defense expert? That's it, almost unfathomable. It imagine stranger things that have happened in the White House, I would imagine. Which Doobie Brother? Which Doobie? It is Jeff Skunk Baxter, who has been with the band Skunk. for a long time. Skunk. Um, he loved technology and in fact he was the one that worked with a lot of the gizmos and worked with a lot of the new studio equipment and technology and he was really intrigued by hardware and software that went into originally developing one thing but landed in another thing so he found a quiet passion for the, the hardware and software that were used in missiles, not because he was a giant war freak, but he was fascinated with the way that technology was being built and what it was used for, not only in war, but also in peace. And it turned out that he is such an expert that he has 
lots of contracts already developed with the Pentagon's Missile Defense Agency and works with NASA on a regular basis on how to keep missile defenses safe for us all. Excellent. I'm surprised they Dude. didn't allow him to ever perform <laughs> anymore. Every single one's got a story to tell. Everyone knows about it. Jack White. Jack White loves furniture and he loves building furniture. In fact, after he started his musical path with the White Stripes, he kept really developing all of these couches and sofas and chairs in his spare time. And his first band was actually called The Upholsterers. And it turned out that while he was working at a sofa factory before the White Stripes uh, broke big, he used to hide demo tapes of cassette tapes and CDs of the band in sofas. And it wasn't until 15 years later that he revealed this, leading people in his hometown of Detroit to tear up their sofas. <laughs> Only one of the CDs was found and sold on eBay for thousands of dollars afterwards. Well, do you have a secret talent we should know about? None whatsoever. <laughs> None whatsoever. Well, thank you so much for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having me. That is Eric Alper with On the Record, brought to you by Roar Records. Head to iTunes or Spotify now and download Rise by Elise Saunders, based on the heroic story of Olympian and Pan Am medalist Jessica Phoenix. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said here on 105.9 The Region. Joining us now is Candace Derricks from lifeinpleasantville.com. And Candace is bringing us news that is likely going to affect you because you, whether you know it or not, probably bought polyurethane foam products uh, in, in the last... Uh, well, well, between 1999 and 2012. So, and now there's been a class action lawsuit and there's a possibility of getting some money back. Yes. So several manufacturers of polyurethane foam products um, allegedly formed a cartel to fix prices between 1999 and 2012, uh, which resulted in inflated costs for Canadian uh, consumers and entities. So with the launch of the foam for cash campaign, Canadians can now claim what they are owed, a minimum of $20 per household. And at the same time, send a strong message to um, to these companies that you know price fixing is not uh, not acceptable. Yeah, yeah, we've just had a recent one with uh, with bread with bread. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that the, these are the good things for consumers to know, and I think that everybody should um, take advantage of of this opportunity. I mean, it's like going into your closet and finding five dollars in mm. your pocket. It's awesome. You just found twenty dollars. Right. Yeah, well, at least $20. Yeah, I mean, at least. There's, so, but let's go. I mean, Christine said, well, how, how do I know if I've bought it? How do right. I know if I have right. polyurethane foam? What is polyurethane foam? So there's, there's a lot of things that it's in. So if you've bought bed mattresses, upholstered office chairs, upholstered armchairs, two-seat sofas, three-seat sofas, sectional sofas, uh, carpet underlay, carpet pad, and carpet cushion. So I'm going to say that probably most Canadians yeah. between 1999 and 2012 have purchased one or more of those items. So how do you prove that? 
Okay, so I went today, and it's really, it's super easy. So when you go to the website, um, it's foamforcash.ca. .com, sorry. I'm on it, .com, but I may be both. My fault, foamforcash.com. We'll have have the correct one on the little video under here. Uh, So the individual claim or a business claim. Uh, And so when I went into the individual claim, it asked you for your name, you fill all that out, Mm -hmm. and then um, how many household members. Uh, you, you know, you certify a couple of things, go to the next thing. And then on the final one, it actually actually asks you to take a picture of the tag um, on, on the product right. to submit it. Right. So, so that, what if you have... So, I mean, you're, you're not asking you to go back and look for your receipts. No, no. But what if you have 20 products? I, well, you would take pictures, I suppose. You take pictures and submit pictures? them. That's the long form. Yeah. The simplified form yeah. says you're claiming $20 yeah. and the long form... Is, would be know, a little proof, more detailed, which I haven't done yet. Purchase required for each item. But, yeah. So, and do you get twenty dollars per item? Um, I would assume for the long form, yes, but I haven't I haven't gone through it. So yeah. there's actually uh, consumers can go and do. Um, there's an online calculator to decide oh. which form is best for you. Okay. So you click on it, um, and it tells you. Um, you can click on single twin mattress, double mattress, queen mattress, king mattress, and then you click all these things, oh, and it, I it see. recognizes the loss, adds it up, and then you submit. Definitely Perfect. worth doing on a cold winter's day when you have nothing better to do. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and here's the thing: it's money you you are owed. Yeah. They lost right? a class action lawsuit. So That's right. Thirty-eight so, million dollars worth. Yeah. So I would say. You know, it's crazy you know, to not get your money back for that. Yeah, a lot you, of people say, oh, it's it. 20 bucks. But then if you turn yeah. to them and say, yeah, but you were really incensed when you heard that. Yeah. And, you know, we all complain about, well, yeah. how come everything in this category is cheaper in the U.S. or cheaper somewhere else? Yeah. And then you find out that you were, you had a legitimate beef. Yeah. And you so claim this case. I, out of principle, That's what if I mean. It's, it's, it's so easy. I mean, give it to charity. When I did it today, I couldn't believe how easy this was. I'm looking at the long form, which you have gone through. And yeah. it's also got an individual claim and a business claim. Yes, so, well, I mean, because businesses would have bought yeah, these things to uh, sell too, office right? Office chairs, right? Sure. Or whatever. Mattresses, yeah. whatever. Yeah, they were buying from the manufacturer. So. Um, so yes, it's, it's businesses can also jump in here and individuals. Mm-hmm. So I think, but you only have, and this is key, February 6th. Yeah. Okay. And this says we require for the long form when you were asking if you have many yeah. more products, it says we require some documentation to prove your purchases. We recognize due to the time lag, you may no longer have receipts. We will accept as proof of purchase documents, which either directly show your purchases or from which your purchases can be calculated. Well, let me tell you, I buy most of my things on my visa. Mm. So I will have my credit card. Statements. And you keep your and visa. They stay I keep online. my visas for seven years. Right. And mine well mine are online. Yeah. I do it on my online banking. Yeah. So all I have to do is go back to yeah. the year and find that and that is Well they have it back to nineteen. Or if you yeah. keep warranties as well, I suspect, mm-hmm. because I that I do that. I keep all our warranties in a file folder. So you would have them probably for bed mattresses and furniture. So yes, mm-hmm. I mean I would say most people will have some form of proof. Yeah, because it says uh, some examples of purchase orders, invoices, historical accounting records, records showing budgets for flexible polyurethane, whatever the, the product is. But yeah, I mean, if you've got, you know, if this is this mattress falls under it, and you've got that mattress, and then you can match mm-hmm. it to your visa, mm-hmm. uh, your visa bill, I can say yeah. absolutely. And that's if you feel you have, you know, more like more than one. But I mean, if you have one, 
I'm going to say it's the fastest five minutes of your life making $20. Yeah. Well, Candice, this is awesome. So it is foamforcash.com. Yeah. And there'll be a blog post on Life in Pleasantville as well. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Thank you. This is what she said on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. For the vast majority of people, there's something about how they look that they are less than happy with. For me, it was my smile. I took a tumble down the stairs when I was a child, losing both of my front teeth, resulting in a very lopsided smile. Fast forward 20 plus years. With my wedding fast approaching, I decided to check out the possibility of having this fixed. Dr. Cohen, the team at Maple Ridge Dentistry, gave me a smile that has not disappeared since I had the work done. After years of simply grinning, my wedding picture shows me smiling broadly. Maple Ridge Dentistry is affordable, fast, and makes the process easy. If your smile does not represent you in the best light, call Dr. Co at 905-832-9008. Let the team at Maple Ridge Dentistry give you a smile you love. Go online at mapleridgedentistry.ca and change how the world sees you. Tell them Michael sent you. Guten Tag, it's me, Gunther, the German Shepherd, on the radio again to tell you that Troop Pet in Richmond Hill is the best place to get everything you need for your pets. Scrumptious treats, strong leashes, and the toys I love. Find them at Troop Pet in Richmond Hill or online at trooppet.ca. Jawohl! Lloyd Robertson has a story. Comedian Luba Goy has a story, too. In an evening celebrating the successes of those touched by mental illness, some famous Canadians share their stories in words and music. Join Lloyd Robertson, Michael Landsberg, Luba Goy and friends at the High Notes Gala for Mental Health. Thursday, February 1st, Richmond Hill Centre for Performing Arts. For tickets, call 905-787-8811. All right, listeners, we're live downtown with a terrorist organization who's selling delicious chocolate almonds to raise money for their upcoming attack. If you have a sweet tooth or a love for senseless violence and tragic destruction, you can help support terrorists all across the world from your own backyard. But if you can't make it down, you can still do your part for terrorists by purchasing some contraband cigarettes. Profits from contraband cigarettes support terrorist organizations. Stop the violence and call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. Remember, you stay anonymous. Criminals don't. York Region. This is your radio station. 105.9 The Region. There are so many roads Welcome back to What She Said. Did you know that almost one half of those who feel they suffer with depression or anxiety have never gone to see anyone about it? Our next guest is an anxiety coach who helps people understand that anxiety is not a life sentence. And she's just published a book called Lies My Mind Tells Me, The Secret to Finding Happiness with Anxiety. Welcome, Tasha McLaren, to what she said. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, before you became an international anxiety coach, you say you lived in constant fear Mm -hmm. after being diagnosed with what your doctor called the youngest and most severe case of OCD he had ever seen. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, um, I was eight years old, so very young. And at the time, it was in the 90s, so um, there wasn't a lot of awareness for things like OCD and even anxiety disorders at that point. So I um, I started out washing my hands obsessively. Um, I started to have obsessive thoughts. I was terrified to go to school. I, I was tapping things, objects, eight times because there were eight members of my family. I was crying hysterically all the time. Um, I was walking through doorways um, eight times. I had to do everything in eights. Um, I was convinced that I controlled 
everything I controlled, you know, if I didn't follow through with my rituals, that people in my family, something horrible would happen. And there's, there's so many people that are suffering in this way now, and it's becoming even more prevalent now that I'm seeing this. And yeah, so for me, it was, it basically ran my entire life. It followed me through high school. I, when I was in high school, it turned to severe depression as well. I was terrified to public speak in any way, shape, or form in high school to the point where I even took a correspondence grade 12 English course so that I didn't have to speak in front of the class. So it literally ran every single corner of my life. Now, in the book, I think you talk about how to navigate all this and Mm -hmm. find happiness. But before we get there, is this something that is genetic? Did something happen to you? I think there are a lot of people out there, parents, grandparents, Mm -hmm. who wonder, okay, if I changed the way I handle this child, would it change anything? Right, yes. Well, I mean, from, from my perspective, I... I did have some significant trauma happen to me when I was younger, and it was of a sexual nature. And so that was something that now, as I am talking to other people, I'm seeing that that was such a huge trigger for me. And um, it may have been the trigger it, because you lost your innocence. Exactly. And your trust. Yes. And, and so I'm seeing that connection with so many people. And And so in the book, I've created something called the tripod of anxiety. And what the tripod of anxiety is, is the three legs of the tripod that kind of hold that cause of anxiety up. And one of those legs is trauma and chronic stress. The other one is chemical imbalances. And the third one is mindset. And so how I've structured the book is it's actually divided up into those three sections so that people can weaken each leg of that tripod. And so its its main focus is on mindset because from my experience, that's the most important piece. But um, I do touch on a lot of the chemical imbalances aspect as well. And, you know, the way that we view chemical imbalances in the brain as far as anxiety disorders go is not necessarily the way that it is. Everybody kind of views it as this permanent, unchanging thing that that cannot be helped and, and is kind of this life sentence for people, which is incredibly discouraging. So what I've designed in this book is I've shared some of the things that have helped me in my own experience, one being um, magne- the influence of magnesium, actually. I've done a lot of research, and I've even talked to doctors and and naturopaths, and a lot of people are realizing that it's not just um, your everyday deficiency. It's actually very significant when it comes to anxiety and the neurotransmitters in the brain. And, you know, I explain a lot on how to properly get your magnesium levels up if you do have a deficiency, because a lot of people think that it's just enough to kind of go to the na- go to your naturopath or go to a health food store, grab a magnesium supplement and start taking it. But magnesium is actually not absorbed very well into the body. So it actually takes a lot more than that to get those levels up. And I'm finding that the people that I'm working with, once they get those levels up, things like insomnia are starting to dissipate, things like even intrusive thoughts and some of their rituals are start they're starting to really notice a lot of even OCD symptoms and things about panic attacks and dizziness and all of these physical symptoms that they're experiencing they're starting to really notice huge changes with what about the B vitamins because mm-hmm. I 
somebody said to me that they started taking the B100, the whole yeah. the whole route with a bunch of other stuff, and that they noticed a significant difference in how anxious or how yeah. stressed they were. And for me, I haven't focused too much on that, but I have I have done some research with the B vitamins and well as well, and some people are finding incredible results from the B vitamins too. The the magnesium is basically the main mineral that I focus on in this book because of my own experience. I I was diagnosed with something called hypomagnesemia. And what that is is it was my magnesium levels were so incredibly low and I was going to get weekly IV. I was doing topical magnesium gel and I was not able to get those levels up. And and there's a lot of people that are kind of silently suffering with something like that, especially people with anxiety, because magnesium actually drains very quickly from the body and is very hard to replenish. And when you're stressed and when you're under constant fear and worry, it actually is one of the first things that starts to go. And then people start getting these physical symptoms and some people even get diagnosed with other things. Now you also, you talk in the book about the tools and secrets to abandoning Mm -hmm. anxiety, but also about finding a newfound joy and happiness in yes. life. What was one of the ways you did that? Yeah, well, um, for me, I, I started really realizing that because my anxiety literally ran every aspect of my life, mm-hmm. that I, I let a lot of my desires and my dreams kind of fall you know, and, and I wasn't honoring any of those things. So what I realized is that when you can start to view anxiety, and especially if you've been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, which is even a more intense version of it, such as OCD, um, you know, PTSD, things like that, especially if you have that diagnosis, you can really use the anxiety as being your benefit, your gift in life, as opposed to something that is, you know, constantly difficult for you to deal with. You can mm-hmm. view it as something positive and and for me, that's that's kind of the first step that I found is that when I started to view it as a gift, I, I started noticing that I had traits because of my anxiety that really helped me in life, such as determination and being able to talk and help to other people as well. Mm-hmm. And I found this new passion of helping others get through it. And and yeah, so for me, that's how I found that extra joy. So who do you hope reads this book? Um, I've designed this book for men and women, um, so it's not specifically for one or the other. Um, I've had great success with both people reading it, um, and it's really not specific to an age group either. It's just anyone suffering from anxiety or if you have a loved one that's suffering Mm -hmm. as well. It's really important to read so you can be supportive and help. If uh, a person who has anxiety reads your book, Mm -hmm. but they haven't got access to an anxiety coach like you... Mm -hmm. Who would you recommend that they go and see? Uh, a nutritionist, a doctor? Uh, I mean, who? where do they get the help? Because yeah. they should talk to someone. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many therapists out there. There's there's lots of, there's other anxiety coaches out there as well. But yeah, there's there's therapists. You can talk to naturopaths and doctors as well. Um, there's, there's so many people out there with resources that can help because it is becoming such a prevalent problem in Absolutely. society. Yeah. It's, it's really 
taking over in a lot of ways. So. Absolutely. So where can people go to learn more about the book? It's available on Amazon. It's right? available on Amazon and Kindle. Um, and you can also visit my website, TashaMcLaren.com. Um, I have an Instagram account and a business Facebook page as well under Anxiety Coach Tasha McLaren. So they can, um, yeah, you can check out any of my social media things, my website, and it is available on Amazon. And the programs that you offer? Yeah, are, are, are all, all on my website. All listed on there. Yeah. Um, and they're all individual programs. Do you do some group programs? As well? I haven't done group programs yet. No, I'm actually developing a course right now that's going to complement some of the things that I taught in the book. And right now I'm just offering the one-on-one packages. And are you... You're okay now? You're all good now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. you, oh, you healed yes. yourself? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had a lot of people that I learned from, and that's that's what I explain in the book is that, um, you know, one thing and one person didn't necessarily, you know, heal me, mm-hmm. um, and including myself. I had so many people around me and so many resources, and I researched a lot on my own, and I think that's very empowering. Well, it's been um, very insightful. Thank you, Tasha McLaren, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. This is what she said on 105.9 The Region, and we will be right back. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? to a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Ever notice some people work out endlessly and still look the same? That's because working harder is not as effective as working smarter. You can actually burn more total calories in the same amount of time with HIT, High Intensity Interval Training. HIT boosts metabolism, testosterone, and growth hormone levels in the bloodstream, which aids in reaction time, tissue repair, and overall functioning. Come see us at 31 Jevlin Drive in Vaughn. Turf Athletic Club can help you become the best version of yourself because your success is our success. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. When it comes to getting the perfect gift, it's the thought that counts. Have everyone in York Region thinking about your special someone's birthday with a 105.9 Birthday Club. Hey, happy birthday. Submit their name and date of birth on our website or email birthdayclub at 1059theregion.com. We'll announce their birthday live on air. Weekday mornings at 745 and afternoons at 515. And what's a birthday without a gift? Your special someone could also win a spectacular gift in our monthly draw. It's the Birthday Club. Ooh, sure are a lot of candles on that cake. On 105.9 The Region.
Toronto's most talented singers are showcasing and workshopping yet-to-be-released material in a cozy, intimate lounge setting. The best part is, it's all for a good cause. The event is called In the Can, and it benefits the Children's Aid Foundation of Canada. Joining us now is the founder and jazz singer-songwriter, Melissa Lauren. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you for having me. Tell us why you started this event, now in its second year, right? Yeah, second year, yeah. Um, I started it, I, you know, to be perfectly honest, I was never one that paid much attention to kids, children, youth. I became a mother, and it flipped around on me. And I Everything get, changes. I <laughs> it's cliche to say that, but mine, mine was somewhat disproportionate, and I was seeing everyone as a child in, in, in need and, and was feeling just kind of hopeless about the whole situation and crying every time I'd see someone in tattered shoes. So <laughs> decided to, decided to focus it in a positive, productive way. So I thought, let's do a charity, let's do an event, let's do what we do best and do some singing and yeah. Excellent. So what's the meaning behind the name in the can? Because I always think of it as a film term. It's you in the can. Yeah, Musicians use it as well. Um, the whole idea behind it is when you have a, a, a single or a song or a composition that you've, you've recorded with a bunch of other tunes, but it didn't quite make it to the album or it hasn't made it, you, you're planning on maybe using it for the next one, might just be something that was in a rehearsal space that never made it out of the, the, the doors. And we all have those songs we almost kind of forget about sometimes or put on the back burner Mm -hmm. I thought wouldn't it be fun to kind of make an event out of trying out some of those songs and uh, I mean last year was sure magic what they did yeah so in the can Singers for Children's Aid Foundation of Canada is January 31st at Lula Lounge at Lula Lounge yeah Um, who's going to be there We've got Alex Pangman, who you guys know. Mm-hmm. We've got Murray Foster from Great Big C. We've got a Genevieve Marintet. We've got Barbalika. We've got Devin Cuddy. We've got some. We've got some Cuban music. We've got a blues guy. We've got uh, some surprise, surprise kind of pop-ups too. Yeah. Some surprise. Some surprise things as well. Can yeah. we can we tell our listeners anything about that? Um, let's just say. It's almost the equivalent of a flash mob, but oh. with voices. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so and where can we get tickets? Eventbrite.ca, um, and you just search for In the Can, uh, and, and it comes up there. You can also go to Lula Lounge, um, lula.ca, and make dinner reservations and get tickets through that site as well. Okay, that's excellent. Well, um, we look forward to going and yeah. attending, and we yeah. will tell everyone about it and Please make sure do. and make yeah. sure they go too. It's, it's going to be fun. Cause. It's going to be fun. Okay. Now um, that is what she said for this weekend. Be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. We will be back next weekend at noon right here on one hundred five nine The Region. But singing us out now in our live studio sessions. Here is Melissa Lauren performing. To know him is to love him. Is to love, love, love him Just to see him smile Makes my life worthwhile To know, know, know him Is to love, love, love him And I do, I do, I do true to him I'll take care of him every one day the day will come 
When I walk beside of him To know, know, know him Is to love, love, love him And I do, I do, I do Listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.